Welcome to the Unstoppable Coach Podcast. I'm Millette Jones, and if you want to start or grow a thriving coaching business, this is the place to be. Join me every Monday for inspiration and action when I interview top coaches and expert entrepreneurs who share strategies and secrets for building a successful business. Are you ready to be unstoppable? Let's go. Welcome to the Unstoppable Coach Podcast, where inspiration and action come together. Today, we're joined by Brian Basilico. Brian is a syndicated blogger, a podcaster, a coach, and a sought-after guest expert featured in Entrepreneur and Inc. magazines, articles, radio shows, and podcasts. He's an internationally recognized author of the award-winning and best-selling book, It's Not About You, It's About Bacon. Relationship Marketing in a Social Media World. He's a speaker, trainer, adjunct professor, and brings over 35 years of marketing experience to his award-winning internet marketing company, B2B Interactive Marketing, Inc. Brian, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, Millette. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Now, before we jump into more about your business, I would love it if you would tell us just a little bit about you, maybe some of the things you like to do when you're not busy working. Um, Well, probably my favorite activity is walking my dog, which I do every day at three o'clock. And I don't know how the dog knows how to tell time. But if I'm not standing up or nudge my arm and said, dude, it's time. Um, (laughs) And I like golfing. That's one of my favorite things. And then a lot of volunteer work. I do a lot with uh, local charities and things like that, too. Now, does your dog also do this when it's dinner time? Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dinner time and breakfast time. He knows it's like, yeah, it's uh, it's time. Come on, let's go. That's what I was going to say. I have uh, three beagles and a basset hound, and I swear they're, they don't have stomachs. They have clocks down there. So they know exactly when it's breakfast time and dinner time. They come and look at me. Totally agree. Yeah. I don't know how they could tell time, but it must be by their stomachs, like you said. (laughs) Exactly. Now, we all love to be inspired by people's journey. So I really want to focus this first part of our conversation on your business journey. So tell us a little bit about how long has coaching been a part of your business and what really led you to get into it in the first place? Sure. Well, the coaching part, it was an extension of the things that I've done. I've been an entrepreneur since I was 18 years old and uh, have worked for major corporations and things like that. But the real journey started when I wrote the book. Um, So I wrote the book and I, you know, I've never worked with a coach. Um, You know, it wasn't the thing that I needed. What I really needed was somebody to help me figure out how to promote my book, get more speeches so I could propel my business forward. And so that's exactly what I did. I hired my first coach, and she was a speaking coach and helped me to put together the book launch, which is the one of the ways I was able to get up into the uh, top 10 on Amazon. Well, the speaking business uh, led me down a path. Where I knew I needed more coaches. One of my pitfalls had held me back. I, I felt guilty taking people's money. Um, <laughs> it's not, you know, that's not necessarily a great way to run business, but Um, What I found out was it wasn't so much, it was just the mindset, you know, it was like, you know, the bottom line is what she finally taught me. It's like, it's not a dollar bill. It's a certificate of appreciation. And the more people appreciate you, the more they're going to give you. And then I went to work with a system coach who really helped me systematize my business, meaning helping me to put together, you know, basically it was the foundation of the coaching that I do now because the last book I wrote is called The Bacon System. 
And that really is one of the major foundations on how I coach people is helping them understand how to systematize their marketing so it's not this albatross that's sitting on their shoulders. I started my podcast and my blog, and and I guess one of the things that um, I learned through all of these coaches is really what I needed to figure out myself. And I, I think the best coaches are the ones that can do it for themselves first and then teach other people how to do it. And that's exactly what I did. So I started the podcast. I started blogging. I do two podcasts a week, a blog a week. And I learned how to use online marketing, social media, email marketing, all these kind of things to get the word out. And that really started to boost my business. And then I started finding some people that said, hey, you know, how do you get so well seen on the Internet? And then I started coaching a couple of clients. And I didn't even realize it was coaching. I was just saying, okay, here's the steps that you have to do. And then eventually I said, wait a minute, I got something here. And and then turned it into a true, you know, 12-week, um, six-month, 12-month coaching program for people And it really kind of grew from that point. So it was really an evolution. And hopefully that answers the question in a way I think that can help people. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a really interesting point of view because, you know, I really have seen people come at this from all different directions, you know, as far as people just deciding as the first step, hey, I want to be a coach. Let me go out and get this training and then I'll figure out who I want to coach and what I want to coach them in. And I think that I really come from more of that perspective that you have, which is let me just almost look at it more as a teaching sort Sort of gig, you know. I know some stuff, and I'm going to teach you how to do it too. Yeah, no, and and that's very true. And I mean, I've gone to um, I can't remember the exact. Uh, it's the National Association of Coaches, or, or was thinking of getting certified. But the kind of coaching that they teach was more of the traditional, you know, mindset, business coaching, that kind of stuff. There's lots of ways to get into coaching. You can buy a franchise, but really, I think the experience of getting it done and seeing the results, that's where you're going to be the most successful. I fall into line with that whole idea as well of you don't necessarily need that certificate telling you you're a coach. You really just need to be really good at something Mm -hmm. that you want to share with other people. Right. So there's so many different ways of coming at it. And I don't think there's any wrong way. It's just whatever works for each individual person. I agree. You know, there's a lot of coaches and I've worked with a couple of coaches that made promises and the end results were nothing, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars and thing. And it's like, that's not what I paid for. Right. So I know that you have a really broad background and like you said, you know, coaching is sort of maybe something a little bit newer for you, but I would love it if we could talk a little bit about as you were getting that coaching business going, maybe a low point or just a disappointment that you experienced when you were getting that aspect of your business built up. Well, you know, the hardest thing about this is like, am I worthy? You know, I had had that Stuart Smalley, am I good enough, am I smart enough, and will people like me? <laughs> you, know? Um, you know, I just, I, I didn't feel like I had the right to coach people, but the, all it really took was that first success to really give me the confidence. As I said, I've been an entrepreneur for, for dozens of years, and I've been an adjunct professor. I've created courses, but I've never really taken all of those skill sets and plugged it into something that is, you know, a system that's structured that I can do over and over and over again. And I think that's where, 
you know, some of the coaching that helped me is to really organize myself, organize the system, and and not do it haphazardly. So once I got it down to where I knew I could get the results, that's when it started to work. But when I first started, it was like, I, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, it, it took a while to really say, you know, hey, you do know what you're doing. You just have to get it to a way that people are going to, number one, understand it, and number two, execute it, and then number three, see the end result. That's key. What's so interesting to me is I can be talking to people that are seven-figure earners, and Mm -hmm. they will still say that they doubt themselves, that they will wake up and and wonder, how did I get in this position? Who am I to teach this or to coach this or to be this person? And I think that's such an interesting mindset that Mm -hmm. everybody has. So no one needs to think that they're, you know, special, that they're the only person that feels this way. Absolutely not. It, it seems like it is almost a universal trait in entrepreneurs that everyone has this little bit of doubt. It's what we do with that doubt and how we approach it and how we overcome it that's going to separate the people that are able to succeed from the ones that, that maybe aren't as, as successful. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So let's talk just a little bit about your book, because honestly, that is the craziest title <laughs> I've ever heard, and I want to know sure. more. Okay. When I started writing the book, I decided, okay, I've been doing social media. I, I actually was one of the first thousand people on LinkedIn. I've uh, been using Facebook and Twitter, and uh, I was really good at teaching other people how to use it, so I said, it's time to write a book. So I started writing a how-to book on social media. Within three months, the book was obsolete because oh, no. it changes so damn fast, <laughs> right? Right. So I had to uh, I had to kind of rethink my process, and what I decided to do was turn it into a uh, a why to book. Why do you want to do this stuff? In my business, I say I show you why and teach you how. That's what my business is about. If once you understand the why, and that's a great book by Simon Sinek. Um, you know, start with why. When you understand the why, then the how becomes a lot easier. A lot of people will teach social media how. Hey, here is, you know, here's this button on LinkedIn. Here's this button on LinkedIn. But they don't show you why. You know, why are you supposed to use this? How are you supposed to really connect with people? So um, to build upon that, I mean, I'm, I, you know, running my own businesses as an entrepreneur, uh, when I first started, there was no email. There was no internet. <laughs> You know, the way I got my clients when I owned this commercial recording studio is I went through the phone book Mm -hmm. and looked for every ad agency and marketing agency within, you know, 20 miles of my business. And I said, uh, I just called them up and and I had a really quick question. Do you ever use audio in anything that you do? And the ones that said yes, I said, okay, great. You know, I just want to double check your address. And I sent them a packet. The ones that said no, I said, okay, thank you. And I hung up. So it was literally... Um, more often than not, a 10-second phone call. And so, and then from there, it was building relationships. And so I've taken those principles and brought it into today. And that's what the whole book is about. Now, how the name came about was I was given a speech in L.A. And uh, Georgianne, who's my friend, she goes, um, uh, you know, she says, I'm going to tweet. And she tweets, uh, giving a speech, uh, C-H-A-L-A 2012, hashtag bacon. And I go, what's with the bacon? And she goes, people love bacon. I said, okay, cool. So I networked a lot trying to promote myself and my business. And a lot of them happened in the morning, you know, at breakfast places. And what I would do is I'd take out my phone and I'd take pictures of bacon and I'd put it up on Facebook. And it just exploded. And what it, the way it exploded is that constantly people were putting pictures 
on my wall of bacon. They took pictures of their own bacon. There was a bunch of memes. There was a whole bunch of stuff, and it just literally exploded. So I was sitting down with another client that was actually a semi-coaching, my first kind of coaching clients. And I said, here's my new book I'm working on. It's called It's Not About Relationship Marketing in a Social Media World. She goes, "Uh uh-uh. I go, what do you mean? She goes, it's not about you. It's about bacon. I said, oh, my God, you are so right. (laughs) And uh, so that's how the title came about. But actually, bacon also has an acronym to it, and it stands for Building Authentic Connections Online Networking. So it really is. That's what the whole bacon brand is about is, you know, because there's a lot of noise on the Internet and a lot of noise on social media. So what can you do that's going to make you slightly different than everybody else? And the other thing, it's all about those authentic connections. You know, it's building those relationships. So that's really what it's all about. Well, let's dig into that a little bit, because in all honesty, social media is, I know, speaking for myself, I have kind of a love-hate <laughs> relationship with it. I think a lot of people do as well. And it's almost like in this day and age, you know <laughs> you have to be on social media. There are people who embrace it and they love it. And then there are people who are just like, yeah. I do it because I know I have to be on it. So how do we, as if people are approaching it from that viewpoint of, you know, yeah, it's important for my business, but I just don't really know what to do. I don't know how to make it work for me. You know, what's something that we can do to sort of, I don't know, ease ourselves into it? Well, we could do probably a three-hour dissertation on just that, but I'll try (laughs) to narrow it down. Uh, I'm going to give you a handful of mistakes that I see all the time. Okay, so number one. People say, I just want to be my brand on social media. And that's that's what they do. And they say, okay, I'm going to be my brand. I'm going to post to my page and all this other stuff. And I'm not going to post anything into my personal account. You know, and sometimes they have legit reasons. They don't want their kids to be exposed or, you know, whatever. They're, they want to post, keep their family, family, and their business, business. But unfortunately, in this world, um, that is, you know, it, it sounds great on paper, but it's not the best way to it. Um, and you can't have, uh, unfortunately Facebook, you can't have two different accounts. You have to be the same person really decide if you're an entrepreneur, um, you know, keep, do something different, create a private group that is for your family and friends where you can post the pictures of your kids and then use social media as kind of a more generic relationship building tool. And so that's step number one. The other thing I see people doing is creating private groups And then all they do is talk about tell, and they won't let anybody else post or create a conversation. That's not relationship marketing. That's advertising. And so usually for advertising, most people don't go on social media to to read ads. I mean, did you get up this morning and say, you know what? I can't wait to see all the ads that are on Facebook or LinkedIn today. You know, that's what I'm looking for. I want to buy something. No, uh-huh. it's about no. <laughs> it's about people liking people. It's about wishing people happy birthdays. It's about fun, you know, putting up pictures and memes. And, you know, it, it, that's why people go on there. It's entertainment, you know, but I call it infotainment. And so really it's it's about building those relationships. And then the third thing is you've got to figure out where your audience is, because if you're playing in the Facebook sandbox and you're dealing with and your biggest clients are CEOs, let's say you're an executive business coach and you know, you're dealing with C-level people, um, you're not going to get a, the same kind of response that you would get on LinkedIn that you would on Facebook. Facebook people are there for fun. And then, you know, want to post the same thing. You're not going to put memes up. You're not going to go there and just constantly promote yourself. Um, what they want is they want something of value, you know, some good information. 
and you want to build that relationship over time, the last thing which we've all seen, if you're on LinkedIn at all, is you make that immediate connection, and then somebody just comes right back at you and sends a direct message. Hey, I've got the greatest thing since butter bread, and I'd love to get together and have a coffee with you and spend an hour and get to know all about your finances so that I can show you how I can do it better. Um, no. <laughs> Number one, I don't know, like, and trust you. You know, I don't know you from Adam, but, you know, there's the other person that says, I've got the best widget in the world. As a matter of fact, if you'll just spend a half hour watching my video, I'd love to connect up and have a coffee with you. And I said to most people, I would send them back and say, I tell you what, I will watch your video if you watch mine first. <laughs> it's funny. I never hear back from those people after I post that. <laughs> I don't know why. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a handful of mistakes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, you know what? I would love to talk about a little bit of that some. So something that you said, first of all. Mm -hmm. It's super interesting to me, and I would like to dig into it a little bit, is the idea of really how to separate that personal and business on a Facebook profile, because it's really not supposed to be used for business, right? Well, no, it can be. It's just you have okay. to be yourself. You have to be authentic. You have to be, you know, who you are. Now, let me give you some examples of how I use it. Um, if you post things to your Facebook business page, nobody sees it anymore. It used to be you post that and it would show up in people's news feeds. Well, it doesn't anymore. So then people think, okay, I'm going to boost this post. Well, that's advertising. That's not, you know, marketing. That's not friendship making. That's advertising. So what I do is I'll take those posts and I will literally share them, my podcast and my blogs, to my wall. All right. And I just share it to my own personal walls. Now, if I did that all day, you think people would pay attention to me? No. Um, so I have to prime the pump. So what I do every single morning is I have a quote of day. And that gets a lot of attention, uh, a, lot of a lot of likes, a lot of comments, a lot of shares. The end of the day, I do something called the caption contest. And the caption contest is really goofy pictures of different things, um, and they just have a blast with that. It increases because I'm getting so much engagement between those kind of things and some other things I post during the day. My news feed shows up more on more people's walls because the more engagement you get, the algorithm inside of Facebook says that you're going to get more views. The second thing that it does is because I post things that people like up front, they're less objective or less objectionable, you know, when I say, here's my podcast, I'm not saying buy my stuff. I'm just saying, here's some good information, you know, and I will post that in private groups as well and do things like that. But here's how it works. And I'll give you a prime example. My, one of my coaching clients that I have right now, I gave a speech two and a half years ago to a, um, a networking group, a very high level networking group. And there's like 12 to 20 members in there. So it's a pretty high level group. But after giving that speech two and a half years ago on LinkedIn, um, that person followed me on social media. So they saw my posts on Facebook. And, you know, so they saw a little bit of the fun stuff. They saw, you know, some of the blog posts and, and the great content that I've been promoting for the last three plus years. And then all of a sudden I get this direct message inside of Facebook and says, hey, I'm ready. I want to get to know how you can help me build my brand online. It took two and a half years. But guess what? 
It's a big coaching client. It's an investment, and it just doesn't happen overnight. (laughs) Goodness. So how do you balance that? You had mentioned something before about you know, making a group or something for like your family, mm-hmm. things like that. How do you balance the work stuff with, you know, your 72 year old aunt who doesn't have a clue what a podcast is and doesn't want to see it? Well, I mean, my 72 year old aunt, you know, she's not sitting here following my personal, although, you know, you can still wish him a happy birthday and stuff like that. But I, she's certainly not interested in my podcast or things like that. But my core audience is. And the people that you're talking to are either potential clients or or people that maybe you went to high school who could be great referral sources. Um, So you really just you've got to understand who's your audience, who's doing what and who's paying attention to it. And it's just a matter of you've got to be consistent with it. You've got to provide great information because it's not about you. It's about them. So as far as your personal Facebook profile, you just go ahead and put stuff up there and you figure that if your friends aren't interested, maybe they'll just hide you. Or if your family's not that interested, they're just going to ignore it and, right. you know, just just go ahead and, and use it as an element of your business and don't worry about it. Right. It's not, again, I'm not going in there and saying, buy my stuff. I'm just saying, here's my latest podcast. Right. If people want to like it and share it, they will. You know, if they don't, that's okay. You know, it's... That's just one of the places because, you know, that's just a part of the content delivery system. You know, there's that, there's email, there's multiple social media accounts, you know, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Pinterest, Google+, Instagram, those places. And I've got it down to such a science that literally, you know, my podcast takes me about an hour. Um, my blog takes me less than a half hour. And posting all that social media takes 15 minutes. So, you know, literally in under two hours a week, um, I have content across, you know, a wide, wide spectrum of stuff. And that's that's what helps. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about that, because you named off a bunch of different social media platforms. Mm-hmm. Are you on all of these? Yes, and more. <laughs> OK, so you've got to explain this a little bit to me, because I will be honest, I I'm on Facebook and I'm on Instagram and I, I just kind of play with the rest, you know? I mean, I don't mm-hmm. feel like I'm really doing anything on, on Twitter or Google Plus or Pinterest or LinkedIn, even though I know that, you know, I would like to be. I would like to sort of streamline things and, and make it easier for me to feel like I'm growing those platforms. Do you suggest really focusing on one thing first and getting that under control or or spreading things out and trying to to be everywhere? Well, okay, so let me let me give you a broad brush overview of how because the last book I wrote, The Bacon System, has three core components. Um, it actually is three segments and three core components. The segment, let me start with the core components. Number one is a, a killer website. You have to have a website that has your content on it. So when people have the ability to click on something, they end up back at the website. So your podcast should be on a website. Your blog should be on a website. Um, even the quotes of the day, you know, can be put on a website and shared somewhere. Um, and, and people love that kind of stuff. So number two is understanding and how to utilize and read Google Analytics. And this will take a little bit. And then the third one is creating great content. So that is, that's my core system. The next two pieces are content production and then content delivery. And so what you're doing is you're creating great content. You're delivering that content to all of these social medias. And then you're using Google Analytics to determine, okay, which one of these platforms are getting the big investment. 
So when we start out, we go to all of them. Um, you want to go to Facebook, to LinkedIn, to Google Plus, to Instagram. Um, some people, maybe if they're doing videos, want to be on YouTube and Snapchat. You know, it just depends on what you're producing and, and, and what kind of information. I mean, if you have, you know, a podcast, you want to be on iTunes, you want to be on Spreaker, you want to be on iHeartRadio. You know, you want to get it as, as many places as you possibly can. But then by using Google Analytics, you can measure results of what's happening. And then after a while, you start to say, okay, this is doing really good and I'm getting nothing from this. Um, you know, now I've got it down to a science where when I post the quotes, they go directly into Pinterest for me so I don't have to worry about it. Um, Twitter, uh, a lot of my podcasts and blogs are automatically posted to Twitter every single day. So I really don't have to spend a lot of time on it. But I do get you know, enough traffic back to my website that says this is a valid way of doing things. The very, very first most important thing you have to understand is, number one, who's your perfect avatar? Who's who's your customer? You know, what's their name? What's their age? What do they look like? You know, what do they like to consume? The second question is, what sandbox are they playing in? Um, if you are a business coach, um, I would say that LinkedIn would be probably the best place to do it because that's where people who are in business are spending most of their time. doesn't necessarily mean that they're not on Facebook. And I can almost guarantee that 40 to 60-year-olds are not on Instagram. Uh, you know, it's just not their thing. 30-somethings are huge in Instagram. Um, the 20s to 30-somethings millennials are huge in the Twitter. They love that stuff. So if your audience is that age group, that's where they're playing. If they're business professionals, you know, a little bit more seasoned, they're going to be on LinkedIn. Just about everybody's Facebook, but they don't go to Facebook specifically for business. So, but, but then if they see you on LinkedIn, it's like, hey, I know that guy from Facebook. He does the caption contest and the quote of the day. Let me see what this is about. You know, so sometimes they may catch the same content on a different platform and actually consume it there because they're in that business mode. Try them all, find out which ones are working, and scale back to the ones that you want to focus on. So how much time should you give these platforms to, you know, like start producing? Should you put, should you plan on putting six months into it before you really go back and, and look to see what is doing well? I generally say three. Okay. Yeah. But six months is not bad either. Um, you know, just, it depends on how big of an audience you're starting out with. You might have to give it six months to grow your audience big enough to see if there's any, you know, kind of growth in the amount of interaction and engagement that you're getting. So it really depends on the number of people that you already have in your tribe. And so if you're starting from scratch, you could take longer. If you've already got an established uh, tribe or, or group of people that are paying attention to you that you're friends with and they're legitimate friends and, you know, potential referral partners. Um, that's the key thing. So it just depends on that. Let's talk a little bit about the relationship part of relationship marketing. So you mentioned that those people on LinkedIn mm -hmm. that just kind of connect and want to like automatically throw their, their services at you without barely a hello. Mm -hmm. So how do you really create these relationships in on these platforms that are really just these little quick bursts of information that, that we're getting thrown at us all day long? If you can, I'm a, a firm believer in face-to-face -face networking. It all starts with a smile and a handshake. And that can happen at a local networking event. It can happen at a national networking event if you go to conferences. 
those are always the places where you're going to meet the influencers, um, the the people that are going to pay more attention. And so that that's the great place to start if you can. If you can't do that, um, it takes a little bit of time for them to start seeing your content and saying, okay, this particular podcast resonated with me, and they're going to start looking for more and getting them to say, you know what, this is cool, this is good. And then they start to pay attention to it more. question becomes, at that point, what do you do with it? And so the more they post, the more the people will pay attention to it. And a lot of times, if, you're, if you can identify them as somebody who's a good potential client, then what I try to do is get them on the phone for 15 minutes and just say, and here's the way I get on the phone with them. It's like, hey, I just wanted to say hi. I'm... Um, you know, I know that you follow some of the stuff that I do. I just want to find out what they're looking for and how can I possibly help you? What's happening in your business? Um, what are you looking for? And try to be a servant leader first rather than be a salesperson. Because if you help other people get what they want, they'll always give you what you want. And that's actually a quote from Zig Ziglar. The more you can give people what they want, the more they're going to give you what you want. So it really starts out with doing that first rather than trying to sell them. How much business do you really need? Right. <laughs> you know, that's what it boils down to as a coach. I mean, if you're dealing with, if you're, you know, dealing with hourly stuff, that's one thing. If you're trying to fill a, um, you know, a subscription service, a monthly subscription service, you can tens of thousands of people. It depends on the model that you're running your business. So let's talk a little bit about your business and what you're mm-hmm. creating in the future. What, what's coming up for you? Well, the biggest thing that I'm doing is I'm first and foremost, I'm, I'm focusing on the coaching um, and my coaching has a handful of different things. I've got three levels of coaching. One is the one-on-one coaching, which is the six month, uh, 12 month. That's that's one-on-one where we work together. Specific. The second thing that I've developed is what I call systems. I have something called the bacon system which is a 12-week program that is group coaching and part one-on-one coaching. And then I have something called um, Leveraging LinkedIn for Sales, which is really geared towards salespeople and how to maximize the use of LinkedIn. And that's a six-week program. And I have a mastermind, which is a um, conference call that I do every single week. Those can all be found on my website. And, um, but then also I'm starting to develop masterminds and I'm continually developing courses that supplement this stuff. So in other words, I have a course called Google Analytics Secrets, which, you know, people that have been through the Bacon system get that. But the people who are on LinkedIn or one-on-one coaching may not. You know, my one-on-one coaching students, I'll give that to them. The people that are in the weekly mastermind, which is a much lower ticket item than I sell to a discounted price. And people buy that, you know, independently at its, its full price. So, and then I have another one um, that specifically, and now, of course, I'm having a brain cramp. <laughs> and it's, that one's called the productivity bundle. And that one is, okay, you know, everybody says, well, how do you get so much done? Well, I have a very organized system that I use. It's marketing Monday, training Tuesday, working Wednesday, togetherness Thursday, and flexible Friday. Monday, I work on my own marketing. Tuesday, I do all my coaching and my masterminds. Wednesday, I'm working on client projects. Thursday, I will go out and network with people and then have those coffees. And then Friday, I can do any or all of the above. You know, are there pieces of each one in every single day? Yes, but they have their focus. And that's that's what that whole 
program is about. It's geared towards um, trying to get people the individual things that is going to help them. And then what I'm growing into is building local masterminds, um, two different groups, ones that are specific to, let's say, contractors. You know, so you get an HVAC guy, you get a plumber, you get a, you know, um, a home remodeler, and you bring them all together and try to grow it. And then the second one is, you know, one that's a little bit more generic in business for those masterminds. And then obviously trying to grow that on a national level as well. So what would you say is your favorite marketing strategy these days for introducing brand new people into your business? My podcast. I love, 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 love doing my podcast. <laughs> now, is your podcast just you? Or are you interviewing people? What's the style of that? I do two podcasts a week. I first one a monocast, and then the second one is a guest expert interview. So this week was the uh, I'm Addicted to Facebook, and then I had a content marketing expert on on Wednesday. And, and they're very short. They are usually about 10 minutes, well, always 10 minutes on my podcast. And then it's uh, somewhere between 10 and 20 minutes max on the guest expert interview. So they're very digestible, easy to take. We get a lot of information in a very short period of time. And that by far is the most popular thing that I do. Interesting. So would you suggest for other coaches that a podcast is something that could help them grow their business? Absolutely, if they have the right niche and build the audience. But if you go out there, I don't know if you've ever read the book, The, uh, the Blue Ocean Strategy. So if you try going head to head with all the coaches that are out there, there's probably a gazillion coaching shows. If you have a very, very specific thing, coaching for dentists, coaching for chiropractors, coaching for um, you know, contortionists, whatever it is, <laughs> then absolutely. I think that there's a, um, if you're going to track the right people into that and you have a message that resonates with them, yes, it can be. But here's the bottom line with all this stuff is you have to determine where your strengths and your weaknesses are. So I am an auditory learner. Um, I've been doing this stuff for years. Other people, it might be writing. Um, other people may be speaking. It, it just depends on what you feel comfortable with, because if you're not a good interviewer, if you don't like technology, if you don't want to spend the time and money on that, you may be better off writing blogs. They all work. It's just a matter of making sure that you understand the niche. Right, definitely. So knowing what you know now about building up a successful business, what would you say is one action step that you would recommend to brand new coaches? What should they implement first if they're serious about growing their business? Okay, and this, is, this has been always something that I've spoken about from day one, is every doctor needs a doctor, every mentor needs a mentor, every coach needs a coach. Don't be afraid to invest in yourself. And that's the question that I talked about was that value proposition is, will this coach help my business enough that it's worth the expense? Find somebody who is going to help you do that, then invest in it. Because we, are, we need that um, reinforcement. We need to overcome some of the issues that are holding us back. And it really helps to do that. I've had coaches for the past four years continuously, um, some multiple at a time, depending on what I was doing. I belong to other people's mastermind, and I pay to go to conferences. So that's the thing is if you keep learning, you keep earning. And if you don't, then you're going to go stagnant, and a lot of people will just say, okay, you know, this person is so, you know, 1980s, I can't deal with it. 
(laughs) (laughs) Right. Brian, this has been so good and I have learned so much and I've enjoyed this conversation so much. I would love it if we could finish up with the final five rapid fire questions. Fire away. What's one habit or skill that's helped you become unstoppable? Manage time. What's one quality that you feel every successful coach needs to develop? Empathy. Recommend one book that's had a big impact, either on your business or on your life. There are so many of them, but I would say the E-Myth. Revisit it. Give us an online resource that you think coaches would love to use in their business and that you couldn't do business without. Uh, boy, that's a, it's a tough one to remember, but if you look up co-schedule headline analyzer, it's one of the best ways to write content. Now, finally, how can the listeners best connect with you if they have absolutely loved what we've been talking about and they want to know more? What social platform? Wait a minute. I can't ask you what social platforms you're on. You're on (laughs) everything. (laughs) That's why I'm going to suggest Google Brian Basilico. It's B-A-S-I-L-I-C-O. You will find me either way. And if you want to check out, my new website is not complete, but it's B2Binteractivemarketing.com spelled out. Um, So you could check that out. It is a work in progress, but it'll kind of outline a lot of what we talked about today. Nice. Well, I will be sure to get all of those links and your recommendations onto the show notes page. Brian, I really appreciate you being here with me today. This has been a fun conversation. It has been an honor and a pleasure, Millette. I so appreciate you. And I love, love, love the questions that you asked. You are such a good interviewer. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Unstoppable Coach Podcast. Be sure to join me next Monday for another inspiring interview. But wait, before you go, I've got a question for you. Are you ready to take action on all the great strategies today's guest shared, but you're not quite sure where to start? I've got you covered with my new action episodes, where I break down how you can implement all their best tips and tricks. Get immediate access to this exclusive free content when you become part of the Unstoppable Coach community. Simply go to unstoppablecoach.co to join or text COACH to 345-345.